It's so good to be back at Mount Clare. Last week, I had the privilege of bringing the word at our main campus at Midway. Uh, it was fun. It was uh, a great experience, but it's always good to be home, uh, to be bringing the word of God to those in which you do life with on a regular basis. Amen. And so I want to go on ahead and dive in really quickly into today's word. Uh, as Anthony said, today at the end of the service, uh, while I'm praying, we're just going to go on ahead and consec- and just pretty much lift up this fast, this 21-day fast to the Lord, thanking him. I hope that you really took the opportunity to press into God as much as you possibly could. Uh, I hope that in these 21 days, you feel closer to him. Uh, I hope that even in these 21 days, you may have lose, uh, lost a few pounds. Now, listen, don't go gaining them all back in one meal. All right, kind of try to spread it out a little bit. Still be mindful of what it is that you are putting in your body. Amen? Praise God. Some of us step on that scale and we're like, whoo, I lost 10 pounds. By the end of the night, you forget about it. <clears throat> so let's go on ahead, though, and let's bow our heads and let's pray because I really believe that God has a word for us today, and I want to make sure that we are ready to receive it. Amen? Father God, we come before you this morning, and we thank you, God, for once again giving us the opportunity Uh, to be gathered here today as your church. Lord, I thank those that are watching us and having church there uh, while they're online, Lord Jesus. Father, I just pray, Lord, for your word that is going to be preached today, that's going to be given to your church, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would use me to give the word to your church that you know and that they need to receive this morning. Lord, the word will be given, Lord. I pray now, Lord, that, that the ears of your church will be open to hear what it is that you have to give them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would open up their eyes so that they can clearly see what it is that you are trying to show them this morning, God. I pray that you would soften, Lord, the soil of their heart, God, so that as they receive the seeds of your word, God, that the, your, the seeds would penetrate to the very depths of that soil in their heart to begin to grow, Father God, roots, and then to grow a vine, and then to begin to bear fruit. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would get rid of all the distractions, Lord, that may be fighting for our attention within this next 30 to 40 minutes that we are gathered here today, God. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, that you you would allow us to silence whatever it is. If we're at home, Lord, that we would uh, make sure that all the distractions are off so that we can focus completely on what it is that you have, Lord Jesus. I humbly come before you as your servant, Lord, asking that you would use me. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Well, last week we continued this series. Uh, <clears throat> Brother Jose, excuse me, bring a message and as where he continued on in the book of Ezekiel. We are in the book of Ezekiel going over the sermon series that is titled, Come Alive. Come Alive, and you're actually going to see that this passage in which I am going to be bringing you today, which is the 37th chapter in the book of Ezekiel, is where we really get this title, Come Alive. Although, as we've mentioned, and I mentioned in the first week when I opened up the series, was that the book of, he- uh, the book of Ezekiel was a book in which was pretty much like an, an alarming call, an awakened call to, to just to wake up. And we talked about how we are to wake up and how if we're going to step into our calling, we need to receive the word of God. We need to listen to the word of God, and, and we need to be able to speak the word of God. Last week, Jose kind of filled us in in which 
the per, the, one of the parts of the mission of Ezekiel was to be watchmen of the people. Not watchmen meaning that, hey, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to watch. Meaning that, listen, I've got a purpose. I've got a calling. I've got a message in which I've got to deliver. It's my job to watch over you. So I'm going to try to tell you what it is that God is telling you so that you can wake up and step into your calling. And so today, as we get into this 37th chapter, before we do that, I want to go on ahead and show you a picture of someone of very interesting. If you've got it, you can go on ahead and put them on. This brother right here, I don't know why I laugh every time I see skeletons, but um, this brother right here, we'll call him. I'm going to give him the same name that they gave him over at Midway, but except he was in person. He didn't, I, I didn't offer him enough money to come out and be my guest today. So, uh, But his name, we'll call him Benny Drybone. Now, Benny Drybone is someone who Really, in reality, we see right now, and what do you see? You see skeletons. You see bones. This brother here was at one point someone that was, had came and listened to the word of God, someone who received the word of God. This is someone who said, hey, you know what? I am all in it with Jesus Christ, and, and he was filled. He had flesh. He had skin. Uh, he, had, he had ligaments. He had muscles. He was Someone that was on fire for God. Someone who was not only in small groups, leading small groups. This was someone who was at the worship services. Someone who was always reading his word. Someone that was sharing Jesus Christ with other people. He was someone who once was alive, spiritually speaking. But what happened to this brother here is that little by little, little by little, he started being distracted by the many things that fight for our distraction, for, for our attention. Little by little, he began to become consumed with the daily task of the days and started reading a little bit less and less of the word of God. This is someone who little by little began to, uh, because he was just so busy and consumed with everything else, he started little by little, he started to stop attend daily or, or, or weekly church services. He stopped watching online. Someone who stopped attending small groups, someone who really just started being so consumed with everything else that they just began to isolate themselves. And little by little, what happens to Benny Drybone is he starts to, become weaker and weaker, his flesh leaves, his muscles start to leave, the tendons begin to leave, and all of a sudden what we see now here is a shell of what Benny Drybones was. Someone who was once on fire for God is now super, super, not just dry, but spiritually dead. In reality, church, if we're honest, many of us, are as dry and dead spiritually as this brother who we're looking at right now, if we're honest. If we're honest, many of us were that person who was at one point on fire for God, for the mission of God. But little by little, what we see, what has become of us, is we are just a shell of ourselves. And we're honest, we're looking and we're saying, man, this is me. Or maybe during a season or so, this was me. I'm dry, pastor. I feel like I'm spiritually dead. You know what it is that you need? 
and this is not just an issue here in the church, but it's an issue with the church in general. What we need is a spiritual renewal. What we need is to, to go on ahead and, and, and to start to, to, to come back alive. And so very briefly with you, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about four things that we are to understand when it comes to experiencing, super, experiencing spiritual renewal. Because I don't know about you, but how many people want to be like Benny Drybone, spiritually speaking? Some of us are already like Benny Drybone. What it is that we, what we need is a renewal. We need to be renewed by God. And so we're going to talk about these things. And the first thing is, is that spiritual renewal begins by understanding the reality of our spiritual condition. Spiritual renewal begins by understanding the reality of our spiritual condition. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. But I want you to open up your Bibles, if you have them with you, to the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. Verse 1. Now, this is a vision. Now, when we last left you was towards the beginning of Ezekiel. Throughout this time, Ezekiel has been prophesying to the people of Israel. He's been going to extreme measures to kind of... Um, illustrate their, their, their spiritual condition, but now God goes on ahead and he takes a hold of Ezekiel, and the Bible says in the 37th chapter that God kind of takes Ezekiel spiritually and is kind of like presenting a vision to him, and this is what that vision is. 37th chapter, verse 1. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and when he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and sent me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Ezekiel's in the middle of this valley filled with a bunch of Benny dry bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Everyone say very dry. God takes Ezekiel through this. I think that very dry is very important because to be dry is one thing. To be very dry means there's been, there's been, they've been there for a while. They've been roasting in that, in the, in the, in that valley with the sun just roasting them away. God goes on ahead and he takes Ezekiel and he, he leads them. What I like is about this is that the Bible says he leads Ezekiel into the valley, and he just doesn't say, Ezekiel, stand up here and look at this valley filled with dry bones. These bones were not bones that were put together. These bones were bones that were scattered. There were skulls over here. There were legs over there. There was, there was feet over here, a finger, you know, finger bones over there. They were just scattered all over the place. What I like is that God goes on ahead and he takes Ezekiel, and he, the Bible says he takes Ezekiel to the middle of the valley. What he's doing is he takes Ezekiel so that Ezekiel could see firsthand what is in front of him. Not just keeps him in the middle. The Bible says he takes him to the front. He takes him to the back. He takes him everywhere. What God is doing is he is showing Ezekiel how bad the spiritual condition of the people of Israel was. God is saying the people of Israel, their, their spiritual condition is so, so bad. This is really what they are. In the outside, they're alive. In the outside, they have flesh. In the outside, they 
speak, they cry, they laugh, they walk around, they go all over the place. But in reality, if I put on some spiritual goggles onto you, what you're really going to see is these dry bones in each and every one of them, spiritually speaking. They had stopped listening to God. They started listening to other things. They, 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 were in a, they were in exile. They were in a different land, the people of Israel. And while they're in that different land, they stop listening to the voice of God. They kind of still get discouraged, even though the reason why that's happening is all on account of themselves. Because they began to sin against God. They began to muffle their ears against God. They wanted nothing to do with the Lord. And they were dry. Spiritually dry, dead. That reminds us of us many times. The reality is, church, that we wait till things are, are very, very bad before they begin to get our attention and we begin to put attention to it, right? We wait till, till things have gotten so dried up and, and then we realize, man, I really, really need help. In our marriages, we get to a point where they, things are so, so bad we, we saw the signs, but we ignored them. And now we're waiting to one of the other is, is handing over or serving us divorce papers where we decide to say, oh, well, well maybe I need counseling. We wait to our, our health to the moment is, man, I've been feeling sick already for, for six months, seven months. And we wait to the moment where we can't even walk or get out of our bed before we decide to go make a doctor's appointment. Our finances are so bad, we're struggling, we're so far deep in debt, we're not making enough money. Whatever the case is, you wait till you're at the, at, at the, at the, at the, at the end of your road where you can't sleep anymore, you're, being, you're, you're, you're discouraged before you start saying, well, maybe I've got to get help and, and begin to budget my things. You wait for your life, your spiritual life, and when you start saying, man, you know what, I'm doing things that I wasn't doing before. I came to Christ. I, 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 I'm in a place right now where, man, I don't, want, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to hear about God. I don't want to read the Word. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit in the comfort of wherever I'm at and just enjoy my life until you realize the, thing, the, the, the walls around your life are beginning to crack. The, the ceiling is, a, is beginning to cave in before you say, oh, man, I got to get my life back. I mention this to you because the reality is that we must come to a place where we can be honest and, our, and admit our spiritual condition. You know, sometimes we can say, oh, you waited till it's too long. Well, it's okay. If you did, but you realize it, and so now you're going to try to correct it, praise God that we have a merciful God. Praise God that we have a God that's filled with grace and love. The good thing is that you've realized it, but you have to get there. You ever seen those people that you say, you know what, I've tried giving them so much help. I've tried giving them advice. So at the, in reality, what I, I'm just, they're going to have to be sick and tired of sick and tired before they, they start to get the help that they need. That's us. That's us many times. And if that's you right now, I want you to take a look at it and I want you to see it and understand it. I want you, when you go home or even while you're sitting down here, I want you to sit down and really begin to do a spiritual analysis of your walk with Jesus Christ. I want you to be able to go home and take a look or start thinking now, where am I right now? Where was I a year ago? Where was I two, three, four, five years ago? Maybe back then you were on fire for the Lord. Maybe you were filled and you were strong, but now you are dry. What's changed? 
Now, before you go on ahead and you throw, well, this, the pandemic changed, you know, uh, the church changed, and we don't do things like we used to, I challenge you first, what has changed inside of you? What has changed with, with, with your disciplines, with your spiritual disciplines? What has changed with, with what you ought to know you need to be doing? You got to sit down and have a spiritual analysis of your life. When I was on fire for Jesus, I bet you you were reading the word of God like crazy. I bet you you were listening to worship music. I bet you you were listening to three, four different sermons. Now you're dry. You don't even want to listen to one. Sit down and be honest with yourself. If you are alive, if you have breath in your lungs, then realize and understand that these bones that I'm looking at, not, not only are they my neighbors, not only are they the ones that I used to worship God with, but those bones are a reflection of my spiritual life. And I've got to do something about it. Because until you do so, church, until you understand the spiritual condition that your life is currently in, then you're going to remain in that valley with the rest of those dry bones. The second thing that I want us to talk about when we're understanding the need for a spiritual renewal is that the word of God is what aligns us in the proper position to experience renewal. So not only in order for us to become renewed, alive once again, not only are we, are we supposed to understand the state of our spiritual condition, but we also need to understand that it is the Word of God and the Word of God only that is going to align us in the proper position to experience that renewal. In the third verse of chapter 37, now God takes Ezekiel, takes him back and forth through the valley, see, lets him see everything, lets him see the condition of the people of Israel. And now I can just, you know, I'm just imagining it in my mind, you know, God, the presence of God here, and Ezekiel right there, and it, God goes on ahead and says this. It says, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I love it when God asks man, can this happen? When Jesus says, can we feed these people? Jesus knows God knows the answer. He knows already what he's going to do. What I do love about this is that God is a God who loves us so much that although he can do every single thing on his own, he understands that he wants us to be able to come on the journey with him. Isn't that beautiful to know that the Lord of lords, the king of kings, desires to fulfill his purpose and his mission, not on his own, but with you included in it? Some of us, we walk around life and say, man, my life is just boring. I got no mission. I, there's no purpose in my life. You have great purpose. You've got life-transforming purpose. If you would only understand that God wants you to jump on a ride with him that's going to change your entire life, that is going to change the spiritual condition, not just of yourself, but of each and every person in which you interact with. If you understand that, that you have been invited to jump on the bus with him, that ought to get you excited. That ought to get you ready and pumped up like I've got something important to do. He goes on ahead and responds. I said, sovereign Lord, and I love this because he wasn't like a, you know, a know-it-all. He says, Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy, everyone say prophesy, to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Everyone say the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. 
I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will breathe in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. That's key right there. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Isn't this a powerful, powerful illustration, a, a powerful vision? I could only just, um, can you imagine that, the God, that Ezekiel is just telling the bones whatever it is that God has told him to tell the bones, and all of a sudden, there begins to be some shaking. All of a sudden, the bones are starting, to, are starting to shake against each other, starting to form. Some of us will be running the opposite way. You see, what's important here is the Word of God. This is what the whole book of Ezekiel is about, the Word of God. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. To, 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 to prophesy, well, some of us are saying, well, what are you talking about, Pastor, to prophesy? To prophesy is to declare the word of God over someone or something. Some of us, we think of prophecy right away. We think of, oh, yeah, the, old t- you know, the, the, um, the prophets, they would prophesy. Uh, they would give prophecies of things that were to happen in the, pa- in the future. That is true. But to prophesy also means that we are declaring the word of God over someone or something. You just heard me when I prayed, and if you've been here long enough, you know that every time I pray before I preach a word, I always preach, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak to your church. In other words, what I am saying is, God, I pray that you would use me to prophesy your word to your church, to speak to them your words, not mine, yours. This is key and important here because these bones, the Bible says, they start to get together. The bones start to get back bone on bone by how? The word of God. The word of God. And some of us say, well, I don't, hear the, I don't hear God speaking to me. Yes, it's in your Bible. You know, for some of us, that thing that we've got dust, collecting dust in our bookshelves, that's his word. We carry around his word now in our smartphones. The word of God is in there. The word of God is what speaks to us. It's the word of God that speaks when God asks Ezekiel, when he tells Ezekiel, hey, Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? And and, and Ezekiel, he goes on ahead and says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And God says, well, Ezekiel, yeah, you're right, I alone know. I know that, that they can come alive. And the reason why they can come alive is because of my word. God said to prophesy my words to them. And in verse 7, Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Church, that's all you got to do. You don't have to figure out, well, how do I set up a 45-minute message to speak to my neighbor about God? You don't got to sit and say, well, I'm going to wait before I speak to my family members about Jesus Christ until, I've, until I'm ready, until I, I figured out what I'm going to say. No. You know that sometimes more powerful than you blabbing your mouth is you reading a scripture. Why? Because it is the word of God. The word of God brings life. We see it. God illustrates it here. God shows Ezekiel through the vision. It's his word that is bringing these bones to life, not Ezekiel's words. It's God's word. 
The word of God brings life. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Listen to what it says of the word of God. It says, for the word of God is living and active. Everyone say living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That's the word of God. It's alive. The word of God is active. The word of God is just not, for us in, in the form of the Bible, is not just another book that we just read and we throw it away. The word of God is a book that we read and it brings transformation into us. The word of God is something that when we read and when we absorb it, when we receive the word of God, now we get to share that with someone else and now they can now begin to become alive. It's the word of God. You're discouraged, read the word of God. You feel lonely, read the word of God. You feel like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this season, read the word of God. Everything you're going to experience is in there. Everything in there pumps and gives life into you. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture, all scripture is God-breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All of these things. First and foremost, it says that everything in the word of God has been inspired by him. By him. The word of God, these letters that are on this paper, God has breathed these words. And we are to take them and use them and apply them. And so church, if you're, if you're sitting here today and you're wondering, man, why is it? Why? I mean, now you're starting to make some sense, but why is it that I'm spiritually dry? Why is it I, that I'm spiritually dead? Well, my response to you is quite simple. That's how much of the word are you consuming? If you remember back in chapter 2 and 3 of Ezekiel, God tells Ezekiel, these are my words. I need you to eat them. I need you to nurture your body with them. I need you to grab all the vitamins that are in my word, take it, absorb it, and allow it to give you life. How much of it are you consuming, church? How much of it are you, are you making it a priority? How much are you prioritizing your days to go on ahead and revolve around you consuming the word of God, which gives life? The Bible is key. The word of God is key. The Bible says that your word, O oh Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, is a light unto my path. We live in a world of darkness, a world that, with a whole bunch of craziness. And if you're living that world in that world without the word of God in you, you're navigating as in this world as if you were blindfolded. And you wonder why you keep stomping your head against the wall time and time again. Why do I keep going backward? Why do I keep falling in the same trap? The word is your life. The word is your life. Read it. Consume it. Allow it to become who you are. How much time are you spending allowing the word of God to penetrate through your ears? How much are you allowing the word of God to begin to, to, to penetrate through your eyes, through your heart? Are you allowing his word to, to properly align you? Because if you notice, what did the word of God do here in this vision, in this 
in, in the chapter 37 of Ezekiel. The bones were scattered. The bones were everywhere. But when the word of God came upon them, when the word of God began to prophesy over them, the Bible says that now order began to take place. For some of us, our lives are out of order. We've got, we've, we, we've got our priorities all mixed up. The word of God begins to shuffle things up. If, you, if, you, if you've ever dislocated a bone, I haven't, but I've seen it. If you ever dislocated a shoulder or whatever, sometimes I watch these athletes do that, and they run to the sideline, and they're in pain because they've been dislocated. But what hap- what's about to happen is going to cause some more pain. But when they get that adjustment, when they go on ahead and pop that bone back into place, there's, there's, there's a little bit of pain real quickly, and all of a sudden there's more comfort because now it is back in its proper position. So sometimes reading the Word of God, we're going to see things that are going to cause us some discomfort because the Bible is going to call you out. The Bible is going to be the, 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 the most truthful mirror you will ever experience. It's going to be its Word because you'll see yourself in that reflection of what the Word of God says. Don't just gloss over the bad the stuff that you don't like, and just jump into the promises of God. The promises of God are there, and he's a promise keeper, so they will be fulfilled only if you follow the action steps that are required for you to be aligned under that blessing. Maybe you're saying, hey, Pastor, I'm good. I'm reading the word of God. I don't feel spiritually dry at all. Well, then my challenge to you is, are you prophesying the word of God to those around you who are spiritual? It's the word of God, church, that began to place the bones into proper alignment. Are you out of place? Are you misaligned? Begin to read the word of God and allow him to place you. He said, you know, when we started off that first sermon of the year, we talked about how we, we needed to be aligned under, under the provisions of God. How we, we, we needed to make sure that we were putting him first in uh, many areas of our lives. You, you learn that because you've read the word of God. But I want you to catch this here. Wording, the, the word of God is what aligned them in the proper position, right? In verse 8, this is what Ezekiel says. He says, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. Man, that is amazing. Ezekiel's known as one of the most... The, the, he displayed things so in such a graphic way. Like this was, this was sci-fi 3D before back in the day right here. But listen to this. They're together, bone on bone. The Bible says there's flesh on them, there's tendons, there's skin. But this is very important. I, want, I don't want you to miss this. It says, but there was no breath in them. The bones are brought back together, church. As the word of God is being prophesied through those bones. And the bodies have now become restored. So the head that was all the way over there got together with the spine that was all the way over there. But the essence of life was still absent. The word of of God begins to prophesy over the bones. The bones and the bodies start to take place. But there's still a lifeless, there's still lifeless bodies in that valley. And that leads us to our third point. And that is that the spiritual breath of God is what empowers us during our renewal and mission. It's the breath of God. Verse 9, this is what it says. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophecy. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Let me stop right there. First of all, this is incredible. It shows us how God created every single detail in this world. Not only is he telling Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones the word of God. He's saying, prophesy to the wind the word of God. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. Their bodies are intact, but there's no life in them. You know what this reminds me of? In the beginning, Genesis, the Bible tells us that God goes on ahead and he, he's created everything. And now the Bible says that God goes on ahead and he takes, he, he starts to form out of clay uh, the, the, this figure. He begins to, he, he, he begins to form this, this, this human being, this man that eventually would be named Adam. And the Bible says that when, once he was all formed and, and he was put together, you know, the Bible says that but there was still no life in him. What is it that brings Adam to life? The breath of God. The spirit of God. When the Bible says when he breathed his breath into his nostrils, Adam comes alive. These corpses. They're corpse now. I mean, they're, they're standing there. They're, they're, they're put together. They've got everything, but there's no breath in them. The reality is that if we're dry, this is, this is exactly how we look. There's many of us who are walking around and we're doing life, and we come to church and we smile. And when someone checks up on us and says, how are you doing? We say, we're doing fine. We're doing okay. But in reality, what has happened, because we've allowed our spiritual state to get so bad, we have become so dry that the reality is that we are just like, in the spiritual realm, we are just lifeless corpse. If you don't have the spirit of God in you, church, then you are living, but spiritually you are dead important to understand that. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you are living, but you are spiritually dead. The Spirit of God only comes one way. Some of you may be saying, hey, well, I don't know. Do I got the Spirit of God in me? Well, it comes this way. When you're willing to bow down on your knees, when you're willing to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, when you're willing to open up your heart in faith and allow the Spirit of God to come inside you and to begin to transform you, the Bible calls that being born again. When that happens, church, then you are a living spiritual being. And if you're here today and you say, hey, I I have the Spirit of God in me, but pastor, I'm still spiritually dry. Still, I still feel like I am spiritually disconnected. Then the reality is that you need a renewal. You need to be renewed. You need to be to, to be reassembled. You need to, to for, for the Lord to go on ahead and, and, and re-display to you the purpose that He has for you. Because the reality is the Bible teaches us that we can live in a way that quenches the, the Spirit of God in us. Did you know that? The Spirit of God can be in you because you've done what I told you. you. You are born again. You've given your life to Jesus Christ. You made that commitment. But the Bible says the Spirit of God can be in you, and it can be thirsty. 
because you are not feeding it. What was the whole point of us fasting for 21 days? It wasn't just for God to answer our prayers. It wasn't just so that God could allow us to step through some broken through seasons. The main priority of that was so that we can deprive the flesh and feed the spirit of God. How do we feed it? By reading the word of God. How do we feed it? By, by, by spending time with Jesus Christ, by speaking to him, by being, by being connected with his local body. That's how we begin to, to, to feed the spirit of God in us. And when we are uh, walking a, 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 around all over the place saying that we are, we are children of God because we made this decision, but yet we are not, no longer kind of living like it, we're depriving the spirit of, of, of his food, what's happening is what? We start to feel dry. What's the first thing you do when you're thirsty? You drink something. For some of us, the Holy Spirit is saying, give me, give me my nutrients. Give me the word of God. Give me the water that I need so that you can do what God has called you to do. How do you, how do you know that you're, that you're spiritually thirsty? How do you know that you're quenching possibly the, the spirit of God in you. And you know that you're dry spiritually when you begin to display some of the same traits that you showed before you became born again. I gave my life to Jesus, man. I was all connected, but all, and I've said no to these things. But all of a sudden, you're walking around and you're doing things that you were doing before you gave your life to Christ. You're thinking about things that you used to think of before you gave your life to Christ. You're engaging in activities that you used to engage in before you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You know why you didn't need to, to, to be in those things before you gave your life to Christ? Because you, you, you didn't need those things when you gave your life to Christ is what I meant. is because you were, you were spiritually filled. You were feeding the spirit. You were reading the word of God. You were connected in the church. You were reading his word. So you didn't need that. The flesh was, what, 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 what was really just deprived at that point and wasn't asking for anything. But the more and more that you stop feeding the spirit of God, the more and more what you're doing is feeding the flesh. And so the flesh begins to say, hey, I like that. I want some more. Give me some more. Is that us? Are we finding ourselves going backwards? It's a great indication, church. We are spiritually dry. Verse 10, Ezekiel says, So I prophesied as he commanded to me, and brief breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Isn't that powerful? What was once dry bones, when the word of God began to penetrate and be began to be spoken to those dry bones. The bones come together, start developing skin, tendons, all these things, and then they're just there lifeless, but then the breath of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit gets in there, and no longer are they dry bones, no longer are they just corpse standing there. The Bible says that now they are who God had called them to be. They are standing, and they are a vast army. The Spirit of God, church, comes upon you, not just so that you can sit in your seats and do nothing. The Spirit of God comes inside you so that you can be someone who is living on a mission, living with purpose, 
God didn't save you from everything that he saved you from so that you can keep it to yourself. You've heard me say this before. God has blessed you. God has saved you. God has rescued marriages. God has done all of these things so that you can go on ahead and share to others what it is that God has done for you. That is what living on purpose and with a mission is. God saved you from the depths of hell so that you can speak that to someone and save them from that same, from that same uh, uh, end of result of their life. We see an example of this from Jesus in the book of John chapter, um, chapter 20, I believe I've got it here. This is what it says. John chapter 20, verse 21. This is at, at a moment in which God, uh, Jesus Christ is about to send his disciples to the mission field no longer with him by his side at that moment, but to go out and begin to preach the gospel to people all over the place. And this is what it says. It says, again, Jesus said to them, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. So also I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God in us that enables us. Not just for the season of renewal, but to jump on in mission. God's spirit in you is, man, you are capable of doing so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would just allow yourself to be ruled by him. If you would allow yourself to be guided by him. That prompting that you sometimes feel like, hey, I'm going to reach out to this person because I haven't seen them. That's the Holy Spirit kind of telling you, hey, reach out to them. But then you'll, get a, you'll, you'll receive a text or call right back to them saying, man, how did you know I was going through this difficult season right now? The Holy Spirit prompting us. Have you ever had a conversation with someone in regards to, to, to your faith in Jesus Christ and all of a sudden you go back and you talk to someone and say, man, I talked to them and I said this about them. I can't even remember what it is that I said, but I know it sounded good when I was saying it. That's the Holy Spirit using you to speak to them. The Holy Spirit is what gives us that boldness. Church, you have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired spiritually. You got to say, I was made for, for a season like this. Yeah, the world looks crazy. Yes, there's a pandemic. Yes, there's lawlessness everywhere. But God, you created me to be alive in the year 2022. And I am your son. I am your daughter. God, show me, empower me to do what it is that you have called me to do. You will stand before God. God's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? You're going to have to have an answer for him. No excuses will be valid at that point because he knows the truth. The fourth and final point is this, a very, very good, encouraging one, and that is that renewal gives you back what the enemy stole. Spiritual renewal will give you back what the enemy stole. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. He tells Ezekiel, these are my people that are dry. These are my people that are dry. And he says that the bones were calling out. They were saying our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. How many people here are living with that same mindset? You're saying, Pastor, 
my bone, my spiritual bones are dried up and my hope is gone. We look at the state of what once was and we're saying, man, my hope is gone. We are cut off. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. The whole book of Ezekiel, we're seeing a people that are in exile. The Assyrians have taken some of them. The Babylonians have taken some of them. The people of Israel have been raided. They're no longer in their land. They're scattered all over the place. But God is saying, listen, listen, because I am a promise keeper, I will bring back everything, and I will put you back to the land in which I gave you to begin with, and I will give you back the purpose in which I have given you. The vision was to encourage the these Jews, it was to predict both the restoration after the captivity and also their recovery from their present and long-continued dispersion. For us, what does this mean? For us that are dry, for our churches that seem to be dry. The beautiful thing is, as I said, is that renewal gives you back what the enemy stole. You see, when we lack the spirit of God, church, or when we go through a dry spell, and some of us are saying, I'm going through a dry spell, if I'm honest with you, Pastor. What happens is that we lose the destiny that God has called us to. What Ezekiel tells the dry bones is that, is that God will restore through his spirit what the enemy stole. And it's the same message that God is giving you today, church. And this is a message that you ought to be excited about. And that is that God, listen up, church, God will restore through his spirit what the enemy stole. Whatever it is that you feel like, man, my calling, man, I, I've lost it. My marriage, I've lost it. My finances, I've lost it. My, 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 my being away from these things that kind of distract me. But now I'm back in it, so man, I've lost my focus. I've lost the calling that I have as being a parent. I've lost my influence. I've lost my drive for God. I've lost my relationship with him. The Bible says, by his spirit, listen, I am prophesying these words to you, that if you get in alignment with the word of God, if you begin to listen to his word, if you begin to admit that you are spiritually dry and take the actions to begin to come alive again, God promises to restore everything that the enemy took from you. The peace, he promises to give you peace. He promises to, to get you back into, that, into, the, into the flow of things. Because our spiritual state, we have lost all that God has given us. But God says, listen, I can give it back. I can give it back if you, if you, if you want it. If you do what I tell you to do, I can give it back. If you, if you want 
to be back in the, in the person that I designed you to be, a person on mission, a, per, a person who has peace, even though they're going through the craziness of life, a person that will continue to advance the kingdom of God. If you want it, I can give it back to you. How many of us are willing to allow God to do this in our lives? We desperately need it. We desperately need it. My prayer is that you will be receiving this word and begin to apply it in your life so that his mission can, so you can pick up right where you left off. Pick up right where you left off because Jesus is right where you left off. His word is right where you left off. I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet. Just close your eyes right there where you're at. What we see here is God speaking and hoping to the people of Israel, but it's also a clear hint of the resurrection also. You can look at it, the resurrection of the dead, and it represents the power and the grace of God and the conversions of the most hopeless sinners to himself. What I want us to do is I want us to look to him who will at last open up our graves and bring us forth to judgment that he may now deliver us from sin and put his spirit within us and keep us by his power through his faith unto salvation. Some of us, we need to go before God and we need to say, Lord, listen, I've been dry for far too long. I've been dry for far too long. God, and if I'm honest, Lord, I, I have thrown every excuse in the book to you. I've used this pandemic as an excuse. I've used this, the, the, uh, my circumstances as an excuse. I've used it while everyone else is doing it as an excuse. And I'm dry. I'm dry spiritually. I'm dry. I don't feel the way I once felt with you, Lord. I don't feel that fire within me. I don't feel the passion in me to call on your name, to do life together with my brothers and sisters. I'm discouraged. I feel like I'm alone. I'm dry. The Lord says to you today, I am willing to put you back together. I am willing to give you what the enemy took. I am willing to restore you back to that place. I'm willing to allow you to feel the way you felt when you first called me Lord. When you first decided to stop leading your life on your own, but you decided to give me the keys to your life. I'm ready to do that once again. Church, are you hearing the voice of God today? Are you feeling the tug of the Lord today? Are you, call, are you, are you sensing him, his word ready to put you? Maybe as you're listening because you're listening to the word of God and, and you're being transparent with your physical, with your spiritual state. Maybe as you're listening to these words, the tendons spiritually are starting to come back. Your muscles are starting to gain back. 
your flesh, spiritually speaking, is starting to fill you back up. The Lord is ready to breathe his spirit into you. To become a vast army for the church. Listen, for this church, New Life Montclair, I believe that God is ready to lift us up once again so that we can become a vast army for the kingdom of God. Are we ready? Are we ready? While Jason goes on ahead and sings this powerful song, listen, I want to I want to just give you time to spend with the Lord, to be transparent with him. Remember, we have to understand the, our spiritual state before God can begin to do anything. Maybe you feel like, man, you, you've just done everything opposite. Maybe you feel like, man, it's, a, it's, it's the ending of January, and what I was on fire in the beginning. I was ready to make this a difference spiritually, to be the best year that I would encounter. But, man, I've already gone back to my old habit, habits. It's not too late. It's not too late to start because as long as you got breath in your lungs, you can call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe for you is to give your life to Christ. To say, God, you rule my life now. Maybe the next step for you is to say, hey, I've already accepted Jesus Christ in my life as my Lord and personal Savior, but now I want to display that publicly with the act of baptism. Whatever it is, begin to speak to God. I want to open up this altar for anyone who wants to come and just pray and speak to God, or you want to stay there in your seats, you can do the same thing. Whatever it is that you feel the Lord leading you to this morning, but let us go on ahead and speak to God while you're there. While the song is coming out, you can sing it, but I encourage you to begin to speak to God. To the eyes of man it seems there's so much we have lost As we look down the road Where all the prodigals have walked And one by one the enemy Has whispered lies And led them off as slaves But we know that you God, yours is the victory, and we know there is more to come than we may not yet see. So with the faith you've given us, we step into the valley unafraid. And we call out to dry bones come alive come alive we call out to dead hearts come alive come alive up out of the ashes let us see an army rise we call out to dry bones come God of endless mercy, God of unrelenting love, rescue every daughter, bring us back the wayward son. By your spirit, breathe upon them, show the world that you alone can save. You alone can save. 
call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Up out of the ashes, let us see an army rise. We call out to dry bones, come alive. So breathe, oh breath of God, oh breathe. O oh, breath of God, breathe, O oh, breath of God, now breathe. So breathe, O oh, breath of God, now breathe, O oh, breath of God, now breathe, O oh, breath of God, now breathe. Yes, breathe, O oh, breath of God, now breathe. Oh, breath of God, yes, breathe. Oh, breath of God, now breathe. So breathe. Oh, breath of God, now breathe. Oh, breath of God, now breathe. Oh, breath of God, now breathe. As we call out to dry bones, Come alive, come alive. We call out the dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Up out of the ashes, let us see an army rise. We call out the dry bones, come alive. Yes, we call out. The dry bones come alive. Hallelujah. Listen, just right where you're at, give the Lord some praise. Let him hear your hearts. Man, may we become passionate for God once again. May we become excited for God. One of the ways that we can do that, come alive. As Anthony mentioned, and I really strongly encourage you, like everyone kind of should be in this, in this class, but at the end of the service, when you go back there, Anthony's going to be ready to sign you up for this New Life, New Life Plus class. And so I really strongly encourage you, it's going to be 30 minutes for three weeks in a row, right after service, all right? And you're going to be, be kind of helping get yourself realigned, and, and what, is, what is your purpose, what is your gifting where can I, where, where, where is it that God wants me to be? All these great things you're going to learn in just 30 short, quick minutes. This is a way for us to, to come alive. Amen? Bow your heads as we pray, as we get ready to dismiss. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that you've given your church to receive your word, God. Lord, as, the, as, as your word says, as your word, which is a reflection in this, in this song, says, Father, that, me, that we may come alive, that we would receive your breath, that we would become an army that is unstoppable, which your Bible, your word says, God, that the kingdom of God is unstoppable, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would continue 
to ignite a fire in our hearts for you. Yes, I know it is hard. I know this world is cruel. I know that there is so much fighting for our attention, God, but let us not forget that if we place you as our priority, as if we, if we do as your word says, to seek you first, to seek the kingdom of God first, Lord, everything else is going to fall into its place. We pray for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, my God. I pray as we get ready to be dismissed that your church would be encouraged, but Lord, not just encouraged, but decide I am going to apply some of what I've learned today into my daily life because I'm going to let the word of God begin to transform me. Lord, I pray for your safety of your church as they get ready to go to their homes or whatever it is that they're going to get to as they prepare for this upcoming week, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your church would not forget who they are, that they are children of a living God, that you've called them, Father God, to be the salt of this earth. You've called them to be the light of the world, God. You did not call them to blend in, God. You've called your brother, your sons and your daughters to stand out, to make a difference. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would follow that. And I leave you with this blessing, church, as we dismiss today. And as we consecrate this fast, or we, as we, we, we present this fast before God that we've done today, Lord, we thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that, that you, Father, would do mighty great things in us because we decided to place you first. And for some of us that are thinking, man, I missed out on it, you don't have to wait in the beginning of January to fast. You can choose a time frame, a day, two days, three days, whatever it is you want to say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit of God. I leave you with this blessing, church. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord give you peace. In Jesus' mighty, holy name, the word that is active and alive in us, the church of God says, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Don't forget to sign up for the New Life Plus.